When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's good afternoon on your Easter Sunday. Hope the bunny's been good to you. Uh, the bunny god delivering all the chocolate, of course, uh, overnight. And uh, I know that, uh, Gordy, uh, what do you got there? You got the mocha going on or is that, a, is that the flat white? That's uh, a trim latte. Yeah. Trim latte? Body's you, a temple. Oh, mate, you, you've, you've become a proper Aucklander, you have. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be decaf and soy and things next. Yeah, no, we're not going to get that far. Yeah, no, I still no. want to taste the coffee. <laughs> good stuff, mate, good stuff. How's the weekend been? Yeah, good weekend. Um, yeah, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Sunday, uh, Easter. Um, yeah, a few eggs in our house. Kids are up at about, well, about 10 to 5. Oh, stupid o'clock. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a long morning already. But, um, yeah, good weekend. Some good rugby played, um, which we'll delve into, obviously, now. But, um, yeah, and the weather forecast, as you said, it was going to be a, a terrible weekend. Mm. We've clearly got it wrong again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, all the all the weather's hit the masters, but it stayed away from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been uh, it's been good. Uh, we have had a uh, a truncated Super Rugby round with a bunch of teams having the buyer course. Um, so we've got just got the four games to talk about today. But a reminder to you that you can text us with your thoughts or your questions for myself and Gordon at any time. Double eight double three is our text line. Double eight double three. Any thoughts or questions you have on the weekend rugby? Uh, feel free to share your thoughts. Uh, also, 0800-150-811. Give us a call as well. Give us a call if you want to talk Super Rugby. We're going to be doing that for the next two hours here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. And, Gordy, uh, we should start, I, I guess, we should start uh, the first games of the weekend, right, which was uh, down in Christchurch on Good Friday. Uh, Crusaders hosting Moana Pacifica and uh, probably didn't go quite the way everybody thought it was going to go with Moana getting the lead a couple of times in that first half. Yeah, I think uh, probably uh, uncharacteristic uh, Crusaders performance, but you know, you've know you got to give credit to Moana Pacifica. Um, they came out, um, I guess they threw the, everything, in the, including the kitchen sink at them and, mm. and got some rewards. And um, they actually, yeah, they, they, they've got a couple of players there that really impressed me and uh, if they continue to play like they did against the Crusaders, um, I'm sure they'll get that win um, sometime this season. Yeah, well, there was, there, I mean, like I said, they, they went toe-to-toe for probably 60 minutes, which we saw them do with the Brumbies in Canberra as well, and it's that last 20 minutes where they, they, they fell away. But I'll, I would be interested to get your take on this, and um, there was, I think it was Harvelli, Sione Harvelli, the Crusaders' blindside. He hit... Uh, um, Matanga, the uh, Moana, uh, Moana 7, in a tackle coming across. Now, I don't always agree with how the high tackle law is interpreted in rugby. I think sometimes they err on the side of caution when players are not really at fault. There's no nothing they can do. But this one was a guy who came across, led with his shoulder, made no, no effort to get under the other guy's shoulder, and ended up collecting him in the head. It was clear head contact with the shoulder. Nothing. Wasn't a penalty. Wasn't a yellow. I don't know how it wasn't a yellow card. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I I questioned that at the same time, and and I guess that's where this 
this sort of head high tackle sort of rule comes into it uh, in previous games and obviously what we've had previously during the season that would have been certainly um, highlighted yep. uh, and certainly probably yellow carded uh, I think it was commentated on at the time that um, the officials didn't see it so yeah that was disappointing because to me um, and the, the help of obviously rewinding with Sky TV going mm. back and seeing it was clear it was clear contact to the head yeah. And um, nothing done about it. And I know there were some complaints made by Moana Pacifica. Um, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to sort of preempt things, but I, it sometimes um, over well, what I've noticed over the last few years, certain of the higher teams get the rub of the green a bit more than maybe the lower teams. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that's a, that's fair at all. And it's something that the officials need to look at. Um, I know that overseas they'll stop the game and go back to go back to it. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah. what is the TMO for? I thought it was what the TMO's job was. Exactly. So um, I know they want to speed the game up, but that was a clear contact to the head. And if we're going to keep going along those lines, because I'm like you, I, I, I'm very, I'm very mystified on some of the um, uh, the contacts, the tackles, uh, in rugby and um, how they're viewed. Because they, we'll come to it later. But there was another uh, one in the uh, Blues game where someone did get. Um, uh, Sinbad, yep. um, which we'll touch on a bit later. So these officials need to, um, you know, be 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 there on it. We'll give us some clear clarification why that wasn't why that wasn't sort of brought up because we we left mystified and um, you know it's, it's just not for, it's not good for the game because we would, I know they want to speed it up, but in this case, you know, I think Moana Pacifica, you know, lost out a bit. Yeah, well, I think so because you you know you look at that uh, that opportunity uh, there to have. Uh, the Crusaders down to 14 again, particularly how tight that game was for 60 minutes, right? I yep. mean, you, Moana could have extended a lead. Uh, you've gonna, you're going to run 14 men a bit harder for 10 minutes, um, and that might then mean that that last 20 that doesn't blow out as much as what it did. Yeah, I think, that, and that was a key time, I think, of the game where it was either very close or Moana Pacifica were leading. I can't, I can't exactly remember the actual time that this, this eventuated, but... It was just after half-time, I think. Just after half-time. So maybe 50 minutes or something like that? Yeah, so it must have been pretty close uh, as far as scores go. So it could have made a huge difference because I know that teams, you know, when you do lose a player, teams um, have to sort of pull up their socks a bit, but the other teams can get an advantage and obviously try and work on that, that, that taking that advantage um, so yeah it was it was disappointing and, and um, something that I'm probably I'm pretty sure not just me and yourself um, mm. noticed there was probably a lot of people that noticed that well I noticed I what, what I did notice and I think what the Sky Cameras caught too was that the Moana Pacifica box certainly noticed the coaching box they were all up yep Including including Aaron Major. Let's uh, let's have a listen uh, to the highlights of that game. Here it is for you. Uh, Moana Pacifica on the road Friday in Christchurch against the Crusaders. A little bit of space here for Moana. Getting on the outside, Richie Moana. Oh, brilliant. Turns it back in field. Cody Taylor scores. Burke does really well. Bounces to the outside. And then just watch the footwork here. On, up the right foot. Accelerates through. Taylor on the inside. Sees the support execution. Just too easy. What's well, the pace and there's also the power of the fend for Moonga. Can Moana Pacifica get themselves back into the hunt here? McClutchy holding out. Here's Almoa busting through the first, going straight through the middle. Levi Almoa. Too big, too strong. Just watch here. Too far, too upright. That's not going to do the job. Mike Curry goes up for it. Molly comes in at the back. They drive towards the line. Brought down just short. Another advantage here. This must be close to a penalty try. 
back between the legs. Tava Tava Nawai is there. Breaks a couple. Tava Tava Nawai. Oh, he's in again. They went to their big men. That line-out drive, oh, so close. Look at this lovely little bit of subtle movement. Too powerful. Amor. They lob it down to the back. Strangers there. Cody Taylor will come in. He's already got one. He's looking for a second. He goes towards the line. The ball goes down. And it's a try. Cody Taylor has his second. And the Crusaders are back in front. Another penalty advantage within five of their own goal line from the Crusaders. McClutchy slings it wide. Now here's Fumai. Wanted to offload, pops it up off the deck. Tuala is there. Busting through to take it as Tava Tava Nawai. They've really got them stretched here now. Lindenmuth stopped just a couple short. They go again to the right. Tava Tava Nawai is in. And Moana Pacifica are back in front. Oh, they've got it. They've done really well here. McClutchy bangs it downfield. Lonkett hasn't gone into touch, though. Galt up. McLeod now breaks the first one. Taken 10 short of the 22. Back come the Crusaders. Just when it looked like Moana Pacifica had got themselves out of trouble. Now the kick through from Moana. Awkward bounce. Oh, they've got it. And Gardner's got to score. They had to clear their line, and that bounce, as you say. And then they come, Maka Springer back inside. Tom Gardner, well, he's having a really good breakout season. Still plenty of work to do. One reach out, try. That could have all gone horribly wrong. That could have <laughs> yeah. gone horribly wrong. The elbow hits the ground, it comes out, but he reaches out. Use the ball. Manu Paya. Sends it high down towards halfway. Contested off, brilliantly taken by Fergusburg. Gets it away to Springer. Maka Springer. And it's Goltut sends it back in field. And Dallas McLeod in for the try. Once you watch the Moana Pacifica players go past, they're out of play there. Those two right there. So as soon as they start the counter-attack, keep it alive, one offload. It's simply about drawing past. They did it really well. Inside, then outside, back inside. That's a beautiful try. McAllister with a strong carry. Now here's Nanai. Gets a brilliant ball away to Dallas McLeod. Oh, this is sensational from the Crusaders. And that puts the game out of reach. This is lovely to see out the back of the hand. Go back to Miracle. Whanga Lungi. And the drop ball on the clear line. Well, then they turn it around the Crusaders. Richie Moonga to have the final say. And his 100th in the red and black jersey. It was tough going all the way. But in the end, the Crusaders have beaten a gallant Moana Pacifica by 38 to 21. Yeah, big game that was and a big result in the end for the Crusaders because, uh, you know, uh, Richie Mawanga's was it his 100th game in Super Rugby as well. So it was a great way to bring it up. And, man, he looked good. That, that first try that he set up for um, Corey, uh, Cody Taylor, that, the footwork and that, and that lead up to that try was superb.
a lot of his um, work on the on the weekend was uh, his footwork was outstanding, and I think that we've come to um, that's what we've come to expect from Richie Moanga. And uh, yeah, not a diffi- not an easy team to play against Moana Pacifica, but he controlled the game pretty well. Um, and you know, with with Bodie stepping up, obviously on the weekend too, a couple of the first five starting to hit some really good form coming into the business end of the season. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, how good is our Moa as well? Um, the centre for Moana Pacifica. Levi Amour, honestly, put him in a black jersey. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, but with him and, and um, Tevi Tevi Nawai, mm. those two were just outstanding. But Amour, I was thinking on the way here as I was driving over, um, you put him in like a Crusaders backline or, or a Blues backline, how much more devastating and how much more bore would he, would he, would he sort of get? Yeah. And how more explosive. And you're right, you know, you, you put him in one of those teams or you got, you got to sort of teams next year possibly looking at him. And saying, listen, come to our team, you know, we'll make you off or well, however it works, you know, and, and it just builds his profile. And, and yeah, and then you start looking at higher honours. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got two great tries in that game, uh, and he's just unstoppable close to the line. He's just he's an absolute uh, battering ram. So it'll be interesting to see how Moana go. They haven't won yet. I see if there's a few people who haven't popped at Aaron Major, but I mean, I actually think if you had said, um, I think I think the team is further along than you would have expected when they got put into the comp, right? I mean, they should have beaten the force. In Perth, there was just a a mistake uh, a mistake right at the end that gave away a penalty, and they ended up um, drawing that game. But otherwise, I mean, they've they've been there or thereabouts. Yeah, l- same thing as the Brumbies. You know, there are sixty minutes. It's just that last quarter that seems to get them. Mm. Um, I think I, I don't I don't know why people are throwing sort of stuff at uh, Aaron Major. I think he's doing a great job. It's a difficult it's a difficult team to coach. Um, because they're new to the competition, yeah, they've been in a couple of years, but they're still learning. You mm. know, you look at the the likes of teams that come into new competitions. It does take them a few years to to get into the swing of things, and you know, getting even getting used to week and week games of rugby, travel, all of that. So, and these guys, you know, they probably haven't been in that arena before. A lot of these guys, so it's 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 a difficult thing to to do, and obviously getting ticking every box. It's not just the the running on the field and playing the game. There's so many sort of outside areas you got to work on too. So, um, I think they did well. And, and listen, like I said earlier, if they keep playing the way uh, they did against the Crusaders, I, I can't see a win too far away for them. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're very close. They are very, very close. So uh, look forward to uh, seeing that happen. Now, you're with Gordon Simpson, Ricardo Paul. This is uh, the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We'll be back and we'll talk Brumbies Reds next. Afternoons with Staffy. Sarah Hidani is off on a sabbatical to play a sevens mini-series in Japan. Esla finds his mark. Or down by Blight. Now they charge it towards that corner and get it over. It'll be Fizzler who comes up with it, and the Reds strike first. So disjointed an attack there, the Brumbies, and Liam Wright, as he's done across the last month, swept in and stole it back. He's been in terrific form. Tool gets hit late, really late, maybe even high. Just confirm that with me. There's Blythe coming through, looking for a charge down. And then he, oh, that's that's heavy contact from Blythe. He's in a lot of trouble. It's foul play. There's direct contact with the head. There's a high degree of danger. There's no mitigation. So the player's going to be upgraded to a red card. White. Holding up the slipper. White again. Getting it wide. Lola Seal rolls it across the deck. And Tom Wright 
will get his first try of 2023. 20, extra man, there's five extra brumbies there in that shot. It almost looked like everyone stopped. But was hang on a minute. Do we are we still playing? Great to have Waratahs with Nadolo with us in commentary. That's his retirement for the professional game earlier this week. McDermott beats one, beats two. Looking for Down Gurner here. McDermott holding it up. Tate is gone. He bounces out here. He goes 55 metres. He goes to the right. Ball in two hands. Sure. Quickly away, and Tom Wright sends it for Muirhead. In turn, over for B.O.D. O'Donnell is in. Nice hands from the Brumbies to get out wide to Ben O'Donnell. Looking more and more ominous here for the Reds. As Lonigan drives it through and gets it down. And it'll be the Brumbies who go to the break in front. Van Nick tumbling his way forward. White throwing it over the top. McDermott v O'Donnell. O'Donnell will leave it behind. And it'll be touched down by Len Ukitao. Ben O'Donnell and Ikitao on the left. And they could see that Tate McDermott was defending on that right side. McDermott tried to shield him out. And then Ikitao goes over. Going wide. And now there's space for Tua, who blows past down Gunu and pushes the Brumbies out to a huge lead. Have some fun with this, that's for sure. Swain pulls it down. Queensland unbeaten in their last 13 starts here at Suncorp against Aussie opposition. Won't be the case tonight. Frost makes it emphatic. And then straight through the middle. It just shears to the left a bit. And you can see Frost gets arm on the ball as it was about to shear the left. And Nick Frost deserves a try. And at full time, it's the men out of the capital who finish has 52 to 24 winners. Yeah, there we go. 52-24, the Brumbies up over the Reds at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, boy, the weather was terrible, wasn't it, Gordy? Yeah, it was. I thought, yeah, the weather was obviously you know, not, not good at all, but I thought both teams actually played quite well, uh, considering the conditions. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, I think the Brumbies were the Brumbies. Yeah. And the first half was obviously very tight with both teams, but then, um, yeah, the, the, the Reds... Obviously, the red card didn't help, but um, they just fell away. They just started being very unstructured, um, getting offside, turning the ball over, just silly, silly mistakes um, from the Reds. And, yeah, it would have been interesting to be in that changing room after the game with a... a um, a, uh, intimidating Brad Thorne. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's a very un-Brad Thorne-like thing to do, right? You know, in terms of that, that sort of behaviour or that, that sort of play. But uh, that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Uh, Angus Blythe, the red card. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It is possibly the most blatant red card that you will ever see outside of somebody just punching somebody. So it's a lock charging down a winger who's in open play. So there's not players around them. It's just the two of them. And I think, it, I don't know if he loses... He he doesn't realise quite how close he is to to the winger or or what it is. He seems to lose his bearings a bit. 
but he ends up launching himself into the winger and uh, the top of his head collects the winger in the face, right? So it's head-on-head -head contact and it, and this isn't like a, one of those accidental two guys run into each other. This is somebody trying to tackle someone and uh, cocking it up uh, horrendously. The thing, like, referee made the right decision, right? He ended up being the right decision. He got a red card. But he gave him the yellow first and then set it upstairs, you know, which is the new thing. We'll yellow card you, Upstairs then have eight minutes to decide if it needs to be upgraded. That's kind of what they're doing. But it felt like this was so obvious he should have just red carded him off the bat. Yeah, should have been a red card straight away. Um, but they, they they have a process that they, they're obviously running by at the moment. And um, that was a process. I, I wouldn't have thought many other people uh, who are watching the game or at the game would have thought anything differently uh, if the ref had given him a red card straight away. So, yeah, just... You hear it all the time, uh, not so much these days, but in the past, the old brain explosion, mm. and I think that's what um, Angus had. He, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to understand what he was what he was thinking that time. He'll be the only one to be able to sort of obviously tell everyone what happened, but um, yeah, silly thing because they were they were in a zone then competing against the Brumbies. It was very close, and we all know when you lose a player, what. Um, how hard you have to work and at the back end of the game it kind of catches up on you so as as it did with the um, with the Reds in the second half Yeah, um, this is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run, Ricardo Ball and Gordon Simpson with you power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass uh, Gordy, the Wallabies squad, uh, Eddie Jones announced a Wallabies squad of 33 the other day uh, they're not getting together physically as far as I can tell, I think it's just kind of doing some online meetings and things like that um, this the squad initially anyway, uh, but one player that wasn't in it was Tate McDermott, who has just been given a new four year deal by Australian Rugby. So someone's not talking to someone else. You give a bloke a new four year deal and don't select him for the Wallabies. Yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Very strange, especially with the way um, sort of Tate um, played on the weekend. The individual try was pretty outstanding, mm. and. Um, to be fair, I'm watching the games up until date. I haven't seen any sort of nines from the from the Australian um, teams really put their hand up, you know, in a way that maybe he did. Nick White was obviously solid on on um, Saturday, um, sorry Friday with um, with the uh, Brumbies. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting if the Australian uh, Union signed a player up for four years and he doesn't get in the team. Um, I don't know if that's uh, trying to hold him off to go, from going overseas or getting a better offer, but it does seem quite weird. Um, there is, I did hear something on the commentary now, I could be wrong, the Century Cove, maybe they're going to meet up there in a couple oh, okay. of weeks, Century Cove possibly. Yeah. So it might be, a, um, it might be, it might be um, they're more catching up there. Uh, don't quote me on that. I do remember hearing that on the commentary. Yeah, so okay. there might be a get together, um, but yeah, a very strange one. Uh, why why he's not in the yeah, in well, that squad? Well, Jake Gordon didn't make it either. The New South Wales Waratahs um, halfback. But I mean, they it's one place they probably do have a bit of depth because they got uh, Lonigan Ryan Lonigan out of the Brumbies as well, who's getting pretty much split playing time with Nick White. Both those have made it, and then you got McDermott and you got Gordon. Who, who go pretty well. So they've got they've got some uh, got some decent halfbacks to choose from at the moment, the Aussies. Yeah, I think over the last few years, Australia have always tended to have good halfbacks. They've, mm. they've always been sort of a player that you you remember from a game, you know, whether they've won or lost, the halfback. And obviously he's in the game a lot um, and probably gets spoken about a lot, but they're, they're pretty solid, the Australian halfbacks. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, I don't see why you wouldn't include Tate, even in a squad situation, especially on that performance and in tough conditions. Yeah, I think he's been one of the one of the best halfbacks in, uh, for for the last couple of years. So it's an interesting one. Um, uh, something else that uh, kind of was made me go, oh, I'll ask Gordy about this. It's fourteen all in this game, right? The Brumbies get a yellow card, and you're the Reds, and they take the three with the other team down. They've got their, you know, they've they've had the Brumbies going backwards uh, at a rate of knots. The Brumbies get a guy yellow carded, and they're in the twenty two, and they take the three. I mean, I get it was wet and the conditions weren't great. That that put them 17-14 up. It did give them the lead. But about two minutes later, the Brumbies scored a try down the other end with 14. So it did make me wonder, what's your take on that? If the other team, you got the other team on the back foot, they get a yellow card. Do you take the three? Depends, really. I guess um, how the scrum's operating, uh, which I think it was going all right at that stage. Uh, the line out... Difficult with the line-out because you've got those conditions to play with, so it can be a little bit 50-50. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the other the other thing I'm seeing a lot of teams do at the moment, not so much, uh, probably more so with um, um, free kicks as opposed to penalties, is tap, con- control position. Yeah, Like you say, if they could have tapped the ball, set it up, and um, retained the ball, built some phases, and then and kept the pressure on the Brumby. So interesting call. There. Obviously, there's something around that that they um, – that they were thinking about, uh, whether it was the conditions, maybe, whether they weren't confident in their set face um, ability at that stage. Um, but yeah, usually um, if you've got a team uh, on the back foot and you're pressing and you're pressing, you want to keep pressing as far as probably trying to get that ball over the line and, and get seven points as opposed to three points. And like you say, the Reds were in a position to do that. So yeah, interesting, uh, interesting um, call. But I guess we get those kind of calls all the time, so um, we can talk about it till we're black and blue. But um, yeah, it's it's done and dusted now, and yeah, they'll probably look back on that and go, you know, what do we do next time if we're in the in the same position? What's the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. Um, another guy, uh, you know, given uh, Gordy that you're uh, a loose forward by trade, as it were. Uh, I know he was on the losing side, but a guy that I thought was everywhere for the Reds uh, the other night and, and and really looked the goods was Fraser McWright. Yeah. Uh, Good runner with the born hand, strong uh, contact. He was really good in contact, um, and yeah, stood up against um, against the team that was going forward. Uh, you always you always see the guys that stand up because uh, when they're going backwards, uh, because you see them a lot more. Some guys can go missing sometimes when the, those dark places appear, and and um, they're on the back foot all the time. But this is a guy that um, that. Um, I could see during the game, like you know, I, I, I tend to watch the loose forwards in most games more than any others. So um, he was certainly someone that uh, I noticed. And um, yeah, listen, uh, watch for that name a bit more in the future because I, I know he's possibly been in the Australian squad or played a couple of games for them. Yeah, um, you can't go wrong with someone like that. He just sort of, he sort of, I guess he's like a Rob Valentini, just does that hard yards and and takes the ball up and just no nonsense, just gets on with the game. So sort of similar in his mould. That's probably why it was such a good battle between those two. Yeah, those two, those two went head to head, didn't they? They, yeah. went, uh, they went well. Uh, what about from a Brumby's point of view then, mate? I mean, you mentioned Rob Valentini. Uh, Pete Samu was also in that in that loose full trio. Who, who, um, who really uh, stood out to you from that Brumby's team? Yeah, well, Rob Valentini always stands out. I don't know if it's because of his haircut or <laughs> like that. Um, but um, they just, they, they're such a structured team, the Brumbies, and they, they do their core cool jobs, and that's what they did against, especially in that second half against the Reds. So, um, 
yeah, he just he just stood up and um, and um, can, can, continues to play. He's he's a consistent player. Um, and um, Pete Sama, well, we know Pete Sama from the days here, and he just. He does age doesn't seem to matter with him. He seems to keep trucking on, and and again, just in a in a um, playing his his role in the team, and that's such an important role for the loose forwards to know their roles, and and as as is every position in the team, but especially if the loose forward, and especially in a, in, a, in a conditions like that, um, when it's difficult, um, and the ball is a little bit slidey, slippery, uh, retaining possession, building up those phases, um, and. Um, and obviously getting to those breakdowns so we can so you can start again. So, yeah, especially building the phases, that's a key thing, especially with Lucy's and stuff. Mm. Uh, I mean, like it did blow out, it was tight, but this was the, the top two teams in Australia. They currently sit second and eighth in the in the table. Uh, no, sorry, third and eighth in the table. Um, so it was good to get a, a take on there. The Brumbies clearly the best team in Australia at the moment. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ricardo Paul Gordon Simpson with you. You can give us a call anytime. 0800 150 811 or text us on double eight double three. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It's 21 away from one Ricardo Paul Gordon Simpson with you today, the uh, former Hurricane and Scottish International. This is the uh, Rugby Run thanks to Bunnings Trade Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And on 0800 150 811, John has called through from Auckland. G'day, John, how are you doing? Yeah, g'day, g'day, uh, gentlemen. Afternoon. Uh, what I really want to talk about is the Hurricane. They've come into, they've come into some purple form there. And, um, you know, I think they haven't played, or they've lost to the Blues, who are in the top five, but they haven't played the other top four yet. So it'll be interesting to see how they go against those, and uh, you know, the Brumbies, the Chiefs, the Crusaders, and who else is there? Yeah, well, and the Blues, they play the Blues again as well. Um, so it'll be interesting these next six weeks, I think they play the Chiefs twice as well, to see if they can hold that number one spot. I think... In terms of the Blues, because I am a Blues supporter living in Auckland, um, you know, they, they should be number one. Because those three games they played, they should have won. But they didn't because of the mistakes that they made. And I think last night you saw Barrett come to the fray because he had a forward pick that was going forward. And um, obviously, I think he missed every kick. But that was the Blues team of, of yesteryear, of last year. So um, they're going to be a hard team to beat too. And they've got a few... Not easy games, but games they should win. And I think the hardest team they'll probably play on the way now because they've played all the top four teams is the Hurricanes. Um, but it's the Hurricanes for me that really need to um, cement their top spot and show everyone else that they deserve to be there. Yeah, uh, good afternoon. Um, Gordon here. Hey, um, yeah, good good questions. It's going back to the Hurricanes first, um, yeah, they, I think they've got the Chiefs this coming weekend, so that'll be a good test for them. Um, down at, uh, I think it's back at home in Wellington. So yeah, you're right. When they've sort of, they probably have the the easier run as far as the games have gone to date, but the real challenge will be this um, this this weekend uh, against the uh, Chiefs, um, a game I'm looking forward to. Uh, they did they did they did well against the Highlanders. Uh, Every New Zealand derby is always a always a good challenge. So, uh, particularly this one coming up on the weekend against the Chiefs, that'll be the one. And that'll, that, like you said, that'll that'll show us where the Hurricanes are because the Chiefs are on top of their game at the moment. So. It, it, it should be a cracker, hopefully, and the Hurricanes will certainly be up for it. Yeah, well, I was, I was just looking at the draw actually for the for the Blues um, that um, 
John mentioned he's just he's disappeared, unfortunately, off the line. But uh, he mentioned the Blues too. The Blues have got a bye this coming week. And then they play the Waratahs at Eden Park. Got to go to Fiji to play the Drua. I don't think anybody's looking forward to that trip. Um, so it'll be a tough thing. Tough thing. Got Moana Pacifica at home. They got the Crusaders in Christchurch, the Reds in Queensland, uh, the Hurricanes in Auckland, and the Highlanders in Auckland. That's how they finish. Yeah. So you're probably you're probably highlighting the Drua, the the one that's this is, that's going to be a key game for them. I, I remember last week when you were discussing it with um, Steve Devine. On Blues Brothers, um, they've they've got a, a good run in, but they're going to have to tip over um, one of the good teams in that, like the Hurricanes. Yeah. If they do that, then uh, they should they should end up in the top two or three. The Blues, um, with the Hurricanes, yeah, it's 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 really going to come down to this weekend. See where they are because yes, they have been performing well. They've been getting over the line against probably the the, the sort of mid table teams, bar the Blues. Um, so. This week will be be a big test for the Hurricanes. Uh, it's good that it's at home, but if they can knock that over, then they they, they probably have got a, a good chance of cementing a, certainly a top four moving forward to the uh, later part of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, looking at the Canes uh, draws, you're right. They've got the Chiefs this coming Saturday. Then they have the bye, and then off the back of the bye, they play the Brumbies in Wellington. Um, so that's two tough games. Then they've got to go to Fiji to play the Drua. Uh, then they're at home to Moana Pacifica, away to the Chiefs and away to the Blues. So they've got a tough run in the, the Canes, they really do. Those last two games will be um, both away games. Uh, that'll be a that'll be a big test for the Hurricanes. And, you know, you've got to look at all the teams there. That's three, four, six, whatever, how many games away it is. Injuries and, and, and what team is. What I saw over the weekend is that having that similar team each week, week in, week out is a key component. And I see I said that at the beginning of the year with the Hurricanes, if we can keep the sort of top 15 together, yep. uh, barring injury, then um, they'll, they'll be up there. They'll compete. And, you know, uh, it'll be a really good test this weekend. It will be. Uh, Graham's on the line out of Christchurch. Uh, g'day, Graham. How are you doing? G'day, Ricardo. G'day, Gordon. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, and no, I was at the uh, Crusaders game Friday. Yeah, no, um, I was pretty happy we got away with the one. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said about Aaron Major. Um, you know, at the start of the show, I think um, obviously they they were in that contest, but and I think they're, they're a side that you know it is a hard one to when you're putting together you know an amalgamated team like that as such to actually get a culture going. But I think he's doing a good job. But you know, on the other side of it, I was pleased that. For the Crusaders, because, you know, talking about teams, they haven't had a, uh, a lot of continuity. With the, obviously, they'll use 40 players or something this year, which would be one of the most since about the 90s that I could think of. But, um, yeah, just a player I'd like to comment, comment about, uh, Gordon. Yeah, Dominic Gardner, I've been impressed with him at lock. He's primarily his forward, but he's doing a great job at lock at the moment for us. So, um, yeah, I think he's played a couple of really great games Um or three it might be now, in a row since, you know, Sam Whitelock got injured. So, yeah, just want your comment on him, and generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, no, listen, I, I watched that game on Friday night, and um, he, he certainly stood out. He, he gets around the paddock very well uh, and does his core work, and that's that's kind of all you want from that kind of player. So um, there's a lot of guys, I mean, with, with the, I guess, with Moana Pacifica, there's probably a chance to sort of blood some new players or get some other players some game time. Um, and, 
you know, I, I, there was a few players in the certainly in the Crusaders team that was sort of new to me, um, which is great to actually see these guys getting a chance and getting a run because we don't know what's going to happen down the the late end of the season. So that Dom Gardner, yeah, he impressed me. He 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 got into the sort of the dark places I like to call them. He got around the paddock yeah, yeah. and he just he his overall game was was solid. And that's all you that he was he obviously did his core role. And that's all that I guess the coaches ask week in, week out of every individual player. Do your core job and then obviously work as a team. And yeah, listen, the Crusaders got over the line, but I think um, Minor Pacifica really gave them a good challenge. And it was good probably for a lot of your 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 players that hadn't played for a while or was starting to play, um, getting a chance, um, getting that situation where they were under pressure. And, um, and that's probably what makes the Crusaders so good year to year because they blood some good players and they just they just sort of fall into the boots of the guys that are moving on. Yeah, uh, Graham. On that, um, Sione Harvelli, that high shot um, that didn't get picked up by anybody. What did you make of that? He should have been in the bin, shouldn't well, he? I was at the game, and I, to be honest, I haven't seen the replay of it, and I mean that. So I can't actually comment, but I heard someone else mention it somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, so I'll have to have another look at that. But um, yeah, so, well, they usually get picked them up now, don't they? They're pretty quick on the um, high shots, you know, rightly or wrongly. So um, you obviously think he should have been picked up, I take it. But um, Oh, t- yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, it was, it's one of those that, you know, it doesn't matter what colour jersey you, you wear when you're watching footy. It was just, it was pretty uh, pretty obvious. It was direct shoulder contact right. to the head, so... Yeah, I did. I even noticed that the ga- when it happened at the ground, I was somehow I was talking. Or and um, yeah, and the, the cra- yeah, I think people. Yeah, there was a bit of comment about it. <laughs> that it might have dodged a bullet, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, he's been playing good football, Sione, but he's probably lucky there not to to get caught up. Um, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, on the general uh, team, I think yeah, no, as, as Gordon said, um, yeah, no, they blooded quite a few players, and you know. Um, been impressed with, you know, Fergus Burke's doing a good job fullback too with Will Jordan mm. hopefully back after the break. But um and on your Hurricanes and Chiefs game, I think the Hurricanes it's a good time to play them after the bye. Not that, I mean the Chiefs will be fired up, but I think um I think that I mean that'll be one thing I think in your favour, apart from having the home advantage next week. So be a, be an interesting game. Yeah, it will be, mate. It will be. Hey, Graham. Um, just before we let you go, mate, uh, there has been uh, a story come out where Scott Robertson has apparently named his uh, preferred assistants, and one of those is Scott Hansen, who I, lo- I think a lot of people have said they yeah. they expected to take the Crusaders' job. Um, if Scott Hansen goes with Razor to the All Blacks, who would you want to see? Given that you're a dyed in the wool Crusaders man with an eye patch on each eye, uh, who would you want to <laughs> see coach that team? Like. Well, I do peep out from it to watch the games as well. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. go to them. One, one red eye patch, one black one. Yeah, balanced. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah but um, well, I, Andrew Goodman's the name that um that I would think of because uh, I, uh, Scott Hanson. That didn't suddenly surprise when I heard that this morning um, about that. That's his chosen team if he gets it, which he probably will. I'd say um, raise it. Uh, yeah, I, that, so Scott Hanson, you know, was was sort of Gomberger, I think, from the time <laughs> Razor got the job. I mean, it'd been great if he'd taken over, but that wasn't. Yeah, he was going to go with Razor. He came out and said that. But Goodman's over in Leinster at the moment with Ireland, um, or in the Irish or the top whatever they call it competition in Europe. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's he would be one name, and then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they'll be doing a lot of. They would have been doing a lot of, um, you know, networking in the last few months leading up to Razor getting that job. 
um, who's actually available, who wants it, who <laughs> who do they want? Yeah, but I mean, he's just one name that, I, you know, there aren't a lot of candidates that, that stand up to replace Scott Robertson. Let's be, um, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. No, and, that's uh, uh, yeah, but that's he, a he's a, he, he was Goodman was his assistant up till last year, so and did a great job. Yeah, so really he's on, good job. On, on loan at Leinster. Get him back. Get him back. Good stuff, Brian. Thanks very much for your call, mate. No, good man. Cheers. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ricardo Paul Gordon Simpson with you. It is 10 away from one. Uh, this is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball, Gordon Simpson with you, powering your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And, uh, Gordy, I know you will love this, right? Um, Cam Roygaard, we're going to talk to his county's coach, uh, Rion Graham, uh, coming up in the next hour here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Uh, he's been getting all sorts of plaudits. He was asked after the game against the Highlanders, which we'll talk more about in the next hour, about links to the All Blacks. Right. And he said, I don't want to get carried away. Speculation's out there a little bit. But my main focus is trying to play well for this group. We've got a Super Rugby title to win. So that's where my main focus is. It's just trying to improve every day, trying to develop, trying to grow individually and collectively as a team. So he came out and said that. As a Canes fan, you'd be loving it because he said, we've got this group, we've got a Super Rugby title to win. If you're in the All Blacks camp, you're going to be saying all the right things. Yeah, exactly. And um, listen, he, he can say all that and, you know, it's a little bit templated, but it's the right thing to say. But with all the um, media and you know, what's going around him at the moment, it's going to be in the back of his head. Yeah. But he obviously has to keep level-headed and say, listen, first and foremost is my performance with the Hurricanes, doing my core work, my core job there. And whatever comes with that is a bonus. But listen, he's putting his, his, his best feet forward and, and even against that game um, um, last night, um, which we'll talk about in the next hour, uh, he stood up and, and um, did some pretty magical things. So he's, he's definitely in the conversation now. Yep. And um, but first and foremost, his focus is the Hurricanes and and winning that title. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, we, as I said, we will talk. Rion uh, Graham is the county's coach. We'll talk Cam Roygaard with him in the next hour. We'll also cover off the Hurricanes versus the Highlanders and the Blues and their trip to Melbourne, plus the All Black coaching situation. All that and more to come right here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball, Gordon Simpson with you. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Coming up this hour, Rion Graham, the county's coach, is going to join us to talk Cam Roygaard, who's been uh, really the breakout player of Super Rugby in New Zealand this year. Let's hear how he and his team went when they visited Dunedin last night. There's Roygaard again, away from Morgan. Inside pass for Yose. Stands on his feet, still going. Got it off to Morby. Inside the five metre line, places it again for Roygaard, goes himself once more. Now the ball spun away, Rayasi! And the Hurricanes draw first blood in the game, and it is Celesi Rayasi. Outstanding work from the Hurricanes, 16 phases. Set! Right, and it goes from Fakataba. Looking to put some pressure on off goes Renton with a good strong charge. Renton goes through, bangs it down, and the try is scored. Always been one of the stars of the last couple of weeks. Hugh Renton at number eight, and this is just sheer pace, but it's the start. Five out from the 22. Rayasi playing an advantage here as uh, Kariffi goes straight ahead. And uh, not going anywhere, really. So they'll take the penalty. And Barrett's penalty is down the middle. 
And so the Hurricanes back in front. Not rolling the Highlanders, so they're going to be penalised. Roygaard goes right across the face to Proctor. Billy Proctor again proving elusive. There it is again for Roygaard. Slips it off to Blackwell. Can't get it down, though. Trying really hard and does get it down. James Blackwell. Hard work for the referee, but he saw it on the grass. Well, they needed to score. They had built up. They'd been patient. The Hurricanes had had to recycle. They came up against all sorts of pressure defensively from the Highlanders. Fakataba looking to change the direction. Umanga Jensen up the middle, big and powerful, bouncing his way out of three or four tackles. The Riffy tries to turn it over. Can't get it, though. So Fakataba looks to Buck and the inside, and Roygaard goes off on a run. Now, has he got the pace? I reckon he has, Cam Roygaard. He's outflanked Pyre, and he scores. Roygaard the try. Wow, what a try. On the spot there as Falau Fakatava comes across just to throw the inside ball. He's had a nine trying to fool another nine. The halfback, what's Roygaard here? He can see what's happening, he just swoops on it. But the biggest surprise is the pace just pulls away from Pyre. Oh, a four, nine, four tries, make it five. Oh, he's had nine line breaks in the competition. You can make that ten already. He's just so outstanding, his acceleration. Quickly unloads it to Morgan. He in turn finds Rayasi just on their own side of halfway. And Salisi Rayasi slips the pass. And good tackle. Front on by Umanga Jensen. <laughs> Duplessis Kariffi just loves the contact. He actually stood up and applauded the tackle. Well, two players who do love the contact. Thomas Umanga Jensen as well. Bang, look at that. Trying to stand in the tackle of Miller. Booth again. Rakeddy Stones, plenty of energy from the players off the bench. Booth works the blind side, goes for a little run. Jamie Booth flicks the pass up. Oh, very good try. Second one tonight for Rayasi. Oh, sublime work from the Hurricanes where they pick their moments. And this is a bit of their substitution work. The players off the bench, the impact. So play continues. Here's a big space for Billy Harmon. And the captain goes in. Billy Harmon for the Highlanders. Yeah, well, that's it then. It's all over at Forsyth Bar. They're not sure whether to be happy or sad in the Hurricanes box, but they should be happy because they've come away with a victory by 29 to 14 here in Dunedin. Yeah, thanks to uh, Sky Sports, uh, that action there between the Highlanders and the Hurricanes from uh, Forsyth Bar last night. 14-29 was uh, the final score and uh, the Canes getting it done. Gordy, it was a, it was a tough game, wasn't it? A physical game. Yeah, very physical game. Um, from my point of view, I love seeing those combative games mm. where everyone's in each other's face. Um, I just love Colsey, how he's just, he, he must be the king of people's getting in people's faces <laughs> in, around world rugby. Um, but um, yeah, real good game. I'm sure they both teams understood it was going to be that kind of game. It was a little bit stop-start in that first half. 
And um, but coming out in that second half, the Hurricanes um, started holding the ball a bit more, getting a bit more structure around their game, and um, you know sort of went away with it in the end. But um, Otago, the Highlanders definitely um, played their part, and you know I could name so many individual players that uh, in that game that just sort of um, were outstanding. And I know I know um, last week on our other radio show. I'm talking about loose forwards, um, mm. and I hadn't seen a lot of Billy Harmon play um, in some of the games, obviously so far this year. But I thought he was just outstanding. Karifi, Dupathi Karifi, outstanding. I think, but actually, both loose four packs. Yeah, it's hard to actually signal out um, who was better than each other because I thought they were great. Um, that guy Hugh Renton, I've mentioned him a few times mm. in our program. The big number eight, that, that oh, try in the first half. Try, he just runs into contact and just yeah. bashes himself and. Yeah, um, kind of. You kind of think he's got no respect for his body because he just goes <laughs> straight in there, hammer and tong. So, and um, so yeah, a lot of individual um, players that really stood up last night, and it was just a great New Zealand derby. And and obviously, I was um, happy that the Hurricanes came out on top in the end. But um, yeah, they'll be feeling it today, both teams, because like you say, it was a real physical performance. Yeah, it was a it was a tough game. All right, what about um, Salisi Rayasi? Um, he's been in pretty good form. The last two or three years for the Canes hasn't really had a look in at um, you know All Black level or anything like that. But there's no Sevu Reese in the uh, you know running around at the moment, um, and obviously Rico Yuani wanting to play uh, in the centres and things. Um, is there an opportunity for him? Do you think there is an opportunity for him? He uh, he's a great finisher. Uh, he certainly gets involved and likes to go looking for for work. And he scored obviously a couple of good tries last night, but he does he does make the odd error, uh, and it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty um, uh, pretty minor error that he you know you work all week not to do them, and, and he maybe just switches off from from time to time. Yeah. So maybe just needs to uh, get that focus a bit better for more the, the eighty minutes or however long he's on the on the um, on the in the game. But listen, he's certainly he's certainly in the conversation as well. He just needs to sort of fine tune a few things, but his work rate. Um, on and off the ball is great, and he certainly knows how to finish uh, finish a try. So, so you know, we, we could talk about a lot of wingers like that, but certainly within the Hurricanes, he's certainly um, putting his hand up. There was a, a try, uh, well, it wasn't a try in the end, it was called held up uh, for the Highlanders um, at one point when it was still pretty tight in the game. Uh, they've changed the law around that. Of course, it used to be forever a five-metre scrum to the attacking team. Now it is a goal-line dropout to the defending team, which I guess the idea is to push, you know, to get more open play and more running rugby happening. But it does feel like it's more of a win for the for the defensive team than the attacking team, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely think it is. Um, certainly if you, uh, and looking at that game last night, if they had gone to a, um, a five-metre scrum, mm. um, the Highlanders would have certainly sort of given themselves a chance of um, dominating that. Uh, both scrums, they sort of, they were sort of, both on and off during the night, um, the Highlanders would smash the Canes one time, and then the Canes would smash the other one. Um, it is, I definitely think it is defensively uh, an advantage for the, for that team for the defensive team because um, it's also a great attacking uh, place to have a five metre scrum. Yeah, um, it sort of opens up a lot more of the field. So yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on. It's, it's I'm not sure why they, they made that the, uh, that rule, um, but. Um, it's almost like you try and get guys under them and pull them over the line so you can sort of get yourself out of um, out of that sort of five-metre zone, kick it downfield and, 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 and sort of, I guess, um, 
support your defence again and, and, and step up. Um, you know, there's some, some fish heads made that argument that because <laughs> they've held them up, it's great defensive play and should be rewarded. Uh, yeah, I'm... T- don't get me started on fish heads, eh? Because seriously, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> it is 10 past one here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. When we come back, the county's coach, Rion Graham, joins us. It's one fourteen here on SENZ. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run with Ricardo Ball and Gordon Simpson Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And joining us as uh, a talk cam Roy guard, amongst other things, is the county's coach, Rion Graham. G'day, Rion. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, the, this bloke uh, who's really, I think, been the breakout star for uh, New Zealand Super Rugby teams this year, uh, Cam Roygaard, even being talked about in the in the All Black, uh, potentially, potentially in, as an All Black. He's, he's come through, obviously came through out of out of counties and, um, you know, owes it all to you, obviously, mate. Uh, what can you tell us about the young fella? Oh, look, he's just, um, he's a competitor, you know, and he's always always striving to um, to, to get better at everything he does. Um, real real good guy to have around the, have around the, um, the team environment. As I say, he's just always competing. Um, that's probably the best, probably the best way to, to describe him, really, and um, anybody that knows him um, would, would, would agree that uh, he's always trying to get the best out of himself and, and others around him. G'day, Rhea and Gordon here. Hey, um, Ricardo just touched on it. I mean, if he did sort of manage to crack the All Blacks this year, would he sort of, um, is he the type of guy that would just sort of taken it a stride or is it too early for him at the moment? Or how do you, how do you see that from your point of view? Yeah, it's funny. Um, we've had, had, had the odd discussion and it's been brought up. Um, I was talking to him just, just last week, actually, and, and, and we were talking about um, counties this year and, you know, I said to him that, you know, as much as it'd be great having him in our team this year, um, you always want you always want your players to to go higher. So it'd be awesome to to see him wearing the black jersey. But um, he's not thinking about that. He's you know, it's it's there um, for him, but he's not he's not overthinking it. So he's one of those guys that does take it in a stride. Um, in terms of being too early, probably. It probably, uh, if he did miss out, he, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be phased by that. It would just drive him on to um, to, to having a decent crack at it again uh, in the future. Uh, and he's always he, he's always um, first to admit that he's still learning um, and still growing himself as well. So um, I think either way, um, you know, probably big things coming at some stage. Yeah, I mean, he signed with the Canes, obviously, uh, for Super Rugby this year, and we knew that TJ Pietanata was going to be out, but you also had a guy like Jamie Booth, who's been around for a while, uh, signing there. Are you surprised at all about how Cam has sort of grabbed the bull by the horns here and, and taken this opportunity? Well, um, like, like you just said, opportunity, that's the, that's the big word, and he's, he's um, you know, he's hes getting that, um, and I think that's what... what uh, is, is driving him on. He's, he's not. Um, he's not going to give up that spot easily now that he's actually getting some consistent game time at starting. Um, so I think um, you know the injury to TJ and, and um, him getting that opportunity ahead of Jamie this year, whereas last year it was the other way around. Um, yeah, and he's just. It, it, no, no, it hasn't surprised me, but um, he's just making making the most of it and um, giving it a, a good nudge. I think he scored a try in every game and. He's uh, testing defences out, and he's getting better every every time he goes out there. 
Rion, you mentioned he was a competitor um, on the field. Can you give us any take on what he's like sort of off the field? You know, you have certain characters and teams. Um, what's what's he like off the field for, the, I guess, the the, um, the the public listening in? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's... Um, He's um, because he's got that real competitive nature. He um, uh, he sometimes that sometimes as a young guy can can push too far <laughs> in terms of um, in terms of uh, um, sort of being more about the team rather than than his um, you know where he's going. And and I think he learnt that this year. Um, we did a bit of work around that with him, where we sort of pulled him up a few, had to pull him up a few times at um, you know, it's more about the team than 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 the individual, and and um, I think he's really grown in that space, and he's doing really well now there. Um, but he's he's a good he's a good team man, um, but he demands you know demands people to to try to get the best out of them as well. So um, yeah, sometimes sometimes I have to remind him to relax a little bit and and um, have a bit of fun. Um, because um, I think that's important too. But um, yeah, that that that's the sort of sort of guy he is. Rion, I mean, you've worked with him a lot. Uh, you, we've seen his strengths. You know, he's got a great passing game. He's got obviously good feet. He's got a great running game. Uh, where do you think um, he needs to work on? What are the things that you've put in place for him as as his coach um, for for his work on? Um. Like again, you know, he's first, but some some of the technical aspects, like um, still his kicking game and and um, and kick selection, um, is is well, it's actually growing this this year. I've seen it, it's seen it get better, but that's an area that that he's been um, he's been working on. Um, and then um, just just knowing when to when to go. So his his running game has has been really strong. Uh, sometimes he can overplay his hand, uh, and so. Um, you know, knowing knowing when just to just to get on with the the game, and 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 then knowing when to um, when to actually have a crack. I think um, against some of the more organised defences and and fitter teams that that sometimes can still catch him out a little bit. But um, yeah, he's going going great in that aspect at the moment. Um, Rion, <clears throat> Cam, um, is he born and bred counties, or is he? What's his sort of pathway to the sort of the the counties Manukau team? Yeah, so um, family from Cambridge. I uh, went to um, St Peter's uh, Cambridge School. Yep. Um, missed out on missed out on Waikato junior grades, and so um, was picked up by the County's Academy um, as a young fellow straight out of school. And um, he's never looked back from there. He went on to play for play club rugby for Onifero, and um, and and he's sort of repaying Counties by by staying with us and. Um, he calls, definitely calls it his home, and his, his parents and family come up and support him at every every game as well. So um, it's his it's his rugby home uh, now, um, which is which is really good. It's interesting, isn't it, um, how things have developed, mate? I mean, it, you know, if we're talking uh, the World Cup squad at the end of the year, uh, you got to say that Aaron Smith, uh, barring injuries, is nailed on number one. Uh, the All Blacks have shown that they'll probably take one of Christie or Weber, but not both, because they like a guy that offers something different. And in the past, that has been TJ or Falau Fakatava, but now Cam is on the scene, who also offers something a little bit different. And he went head to head with Fakatava last night, mate. How do you? How do you? Uh, what did you make of that that duel? 
Yeah, there was a good little battle. Um, Fakatava showed a couple of signs of, of um, sort of, um, um, you know, calmness and that as well. I, I think there's probably in that in that race there's probably three or four guys going for going for those last couple of spots. I think, and it'll come down to what what sort of makeup the coaches want. Um, you know, would they even still look at look at TJ coming back from injury and uh, as as experience as well, and then. Um, as you say, these these young guys coming through, and you could probably almost toss a coin for for those last last spots. Do you reckon he won the battle last night? Uh, yeah. Well, he's, yeah, I think he probably did. He's 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 um he's certainly he's certainly always mentioned. He's always he's he's busy. He's always doing something. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of clean-up work that he does defensively in that as well. So, yeah, I, I think he's putting his hand up, um, um, which is, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, eh? Uh, Rion, so with Cam obviously playing well under your um, expertise coaching, are you now a Hurricane supporter and are you, are you looking forward to them to sort of take out the title? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we've got another little connection there this year with Riley Hohip. I um, got a debut last week um, yep. as well, and and he's he's in the he's he's come back home um, at the moment, but I know he's still in the frame down there. So, um, but um, hard to hard to go past the Chiefs for me, um, <laughs> even though even though we've only got a couple of couple of our boys in there, and um, it's just down the road for us. And, yep. But next week's battle between the Chiefs and the Hurricanes are going to be. That, that to me is going to be um, uh, probably you know the game of the season so far. They're both actually playing fairly similar footy in terms of in terms of um, a lot of freedom and and um, you know setting defences up, but then definitely playing what's in front of them. So and and strike weapons all across the park for both teams. So it's going to be a hell, hell of a game and a good challenge for Cam against Brad Weber too. Another sort of match up again. So uh, I'm sure Cam will be looking forward to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I know he will be. Yeah, yeah no, it'd be fantastic. Have you managed to track down one of those half Hurricanes, half Chiefs jerseys to wear to the game, Rion? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Give me your address. I can yeah. send you one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff, Rion. Hey, listen. Thanks very much for joining us on Easter Sunday, mate. Really appreciate it. We'll let you get back to the family, eh? Yeah, no dramas, all the best. Thank you. Uh, Rion Graham there, the county's head coach, with us talking uh, Cam Roygaard predominantly. It is uh, 1.25 here on SENZ. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Our phone lines are open 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, or you can text us double eight double three. Your thoughts on Cam Roygaard, your thoughts on the All Blacks. We're actually going to talk All Black coaching as well before 2 o'clock Double eight double three, the text line, or 0800 150 811. It's 129 here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run. Thanks to Bunnings Trade Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. One game we haven't got to yet is the Blues in Melbourne taking on the Rebels. This is how it went down on Sky Sport. They pump it in tight. They've got a penalty advantage here as well. The Rebels are offside. In close they go. They'll... Cross the line, and who's claiming? It's going to be Sam Darry who comes up with a try next to his name. This would be some strike. It began 
five metres from their own line. Hodge, that one is knocked down by Ioane. The Rebels will stay alive on the play. Pinkett's caught by Clark. Got the advantage again here. Here it is for Kellaway. Dunnies and scores! A 95 metre raid from the Rebels. Riccatelli. And it's a Tupelotu. Advantage again here for the Blues. Okay, that's one's blue. Get ready to use. Forwards guilty of some poor discipline. Riccatelli sees no one down the short side and takes full advantage. Important throw coming. Important take as well. Cannon brings it down. Willesse on one leg. Might not be required. They power it for the Rebels. They're there. Right on half time. And it's Brad Wilkin. Darry, the first try scorer of the night. You know, the 22. Barrett at pace. Now for Yuan at Christie. Looking going. That's a terrific hit back from the Blues. And the try goes to Christie. The backs get in on the play. Swoopalotu in space. Talia. Riccatelli on the outside. Won't be needed. And the danger man slides it in for the Blues. Well, the Blues have gone up a notch here. It's a good shot from the Blues. Christie. Having a look, already has one try tonight, and now has two. He owes his forward pack a cold one post-game, and now the Blues kick clear by 11. Another penalty called against the Rebels. Barrett goes in behind, rubbering now for Tulea. Barrett puts it on an absolute ladder out wide. Doesn't get much better than that. Oh, that is a stroke of genius from Bowden Barrett. A little chip over the top for himself. To Vikena. Segner. Segner. Pumps his way into the 22. Stay down. Short for Plummer. Plummer for Barrett. Away it goes again. Inches away. And they'll score. And then Plummer gets in behind, keeps the ball alive to Barrett, who keeps it alive. And then they retain it once more. And then it's Tuonga Farsi there to take the try. I'm going to look at, obviously, the 13 men. So we should have a good opportunity. I'm going to look at Bowden Barrett coming right here. We've got Caleb Tangitao uh, on, on debut on the right wing. So I'd love to see him cross over here. Do you want to call it in? Here he goes. Backdoor play. One more. Oh, he's, oh close enough. Close enough. Sound goes oh, <laughs> no. one, more, one more pass would have been nice, but that'll do. One for the Zahn. Well caught, Sammy, mate. Safe travels back home. Well done on the win tonight. Cheers, lads. Enjoy. Have a good night. I've seen a lot of him with the New Zealand Sevens team. He is a freakish talent. Caleb Tungitao, if he gets that, he scores no question. So just another one of them, eh, Sean? Wow. Another good player coming out of awesome. Sevens program. Yeah. Tackle release. Gibbon stands and collects him. Knock. Barrett. Kicks it in behind, the chase is good, out wide, and so's the put down from the skip, Papali. A great chase, gets low, 
gets the bounce and dots it down. A great finish for what has been a really impressive second half from the Blues. They've gone at a point a minute themselves in the second half. They trailed at the break, but come away as winners here against the Rebels. Full time, 54 to 17. 54-17, big win for the Blues, Gordy. And the big difference was that second half. And it felt like you had somebody dressed up pretending to be Bowden Barrett in the first half and then actual Bowden Barrett in the second half. Yeah, I think I think we've all been in sort of um, waiting for the, the real Bowden Barrett to come out. And um, he certainly did that in the second half. I think the first half, they had their opportunities, the Blues. They just didn't finish them off. And the Reds, sorry, the uh, Rebels also had their opportunities um, took a couple, maybe sort of slipped a, slipped in a couple of others, but come that second half, yeah, the Rebels lost a few players. They lost both their hookers. They lost their key line-out jumper and the lock who caused, the, caused, caused it too. And the Blues took advantage and they, they really did take advantage, but it also gave the Blues a bit of confidence leading into the rest of the season because Bodie Barrett seemed to sort of excel um, his vision sort of came back. He saw space. He, he had a lot of time again on the ball, um, the Bowden Barrett that we know. And he had the players around him that were um, hungry and, and, and gained confidence too. So that second half from the Blues um, should put them in good stead moving forward uh, yeah. for the rest of the season. I think the second Mark Talia try, has, that, that was the the, uh, the kick and chase and then the and, and then the kick to the corner for Talia to run onto. And then the one for Papali right at the end, the cross kick. Uh, that that was great to see because it you know it showed uh, the confidence is, is coming back for Bowden Barrett, but his goal kicking still leaves a lot to be desired at the moment. Yeah, I think it was something like four out of ten or something like that. Um, yeah, listen, he started off the season pretty well kicking, and it's sort of just over the last couple of weeks it seemed to have um, he's had a slip up. Um, I don't think it's a, a major, but when they come up to the sort of business end of the season and those those extra two points or those penalties are, are crucial, um, he'd want to be on, on, on form there because they can be telling in a game, especially a close game, leading into these, um, uh, the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, what about, uh, I, I thought Pabali went well uh, again and uh, a guy who maybe doesn't get the reps that he deserves or doesn't get talked about as much as, uh, as other players, Sam Derry. The lock, who's uh, been uh, really doing a lot of work for the Blues this year in the tight. Yeah, his his um, his partnership with uh, Tui Pilopu was um, outstanding. Yeah, he scored a great try, um, and um, just another guy that you want in that engine room. Does the hard yards, like you say, probably doesn't get the praise he deserves, but um, he's still building. He's still developing as a player. Um, so if he continues the way he's going, we're going to hear a lot more about him. He, um, good size about him. He's got all the attributes of being sort of going higher. Uh, Papaladi, I think I've mentioned it earlier with the loose forwards in New Zealand moment. Um, he had an outstanding game. His go forward is brilliant. Um, leads from the front a bit like Artie, um for the Hurricanes. So, yeah, he was outstanding and finished off with a great try at the end. Good control um, with not an easy pickup. So, yeah, listen, he's, he's just basically... Um, performing where he finished off last year. So, yeah, great loose forwards we've got at the moment playing at the top of the game. Yeah, it's going really well. Uh, actually, Papali could have had one earlier, but uh, Finlay Christie stole it off him. <laughs> uh, when, they, when they had the uh, the driving mall, and he just, just got out of out of uh, Papali's feet, didn't it? Yeah, controlled that, that uh, pushover scrum. They demolished the um, the Rebels, and um, he just lost it. Like I think the commentators said he had it for 99% of the time, and then he just <laughs> lost it at the end, and 
Yeah, uh, halfback, little little halfback, uh, Finley Christie, just um, grabbed it. So yeah, yes, yeah. yes, smoked that one for a double. <laughs> yeah, well done. The Blues a big win for them. They get the they get the bye this week, and then they are back the following week against the Waratahs at Eden Park, and hopefully by then Roger Tuivasa Sheik will be back because got a feeling that he's got a bit of work to do to crack this All Blacks World Cup. Uh, squad later on in the year. It is 22 away from two. When we come back, we will talk about the All Blacks, about Scott Robertson's coaching, which is as well, and hear from Goldie Wilson. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Ricardo Ball, Gordon Simpson with you here on SENZ. Through till two o'clock, this came out today in the New Zealand Herald, Liam Napier reporting that Scott Robertson's preferred all-black coaching team for 2024 is Jason Ryan, who's currently there, as scrum, line-out and breakdown coach. Leon McDonald. The Blues head coach is his attack coach. Scott Hansen, his assistant at the Crusaders, as defence coach. And Jason Holland, designing strike plays. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but there you go. Uh, that would mean three super teams needing new head coaches. Gordy, what do you make of first who he wants and then maybe who gets those jobs? Yeah, um, I think what's come out is pretty much what we thought. Um, I think there's been plenty of rumours around this, this coaching um, team that he wants around him. Um, Jason Ryan's obviously been there with him uh, prior to him being in the All Blacks now, so he's sort of not so much set in stone, but he's he's got a good understanding of the All Black environment at the moment. Um, Leon McDonald, I think it's it's always been discussed or sort of run by through the through the lines that he wanted to be alongside um, Scott Robinson, or Scott Robinson wanted him alongside him. And Jason Holland, yeah, listen, um, he seems to have a good eye for talent, yeah, and um, especially young talent. So um, I don't know the the um, what if Jason and Scott have done much work together prior, uh, but he's obviously been on. He's obviously been in the conversation um, for the last few months. So yeah, it's no surprise as far as uh, what's come out. Um, so I guess we just watch this space until it's actually confirmed. Um, if that is it. Uh, as far as the yeah, the, as far as the the, the, um, the three teams that are going to need new coaching, um, the Blues uh, obviously Joe Smith's not in that sort of um, area there of the the preferred coaching um, team for Scott Robinson, so he could be a starter for the Blues head coach possibly. Yeah, um, Hurricanes maybe Dave Rennie uh, yeah. to come back. He's, or, free, he's free. He's a Wellington boy. Yeah, Makes exactly. Sense. Um, Obviously, they'll all do their all networking around this. And who else we got? Um, oh, the Crusaders job. Yeah. Um, well, Andrew Goodman is is what uh, was has been floated. But, yeah. You know the ex, uh, ex Tasman coach who was who's over at Leinster at the moment. Yeah, possibly bring him back. Uh, listen, the Crusaders never seem to have a problem getting good coaches down there. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a little bit up in the air. But like you mentioned, Andrew, uh, Goodman maybe uh, maybe an option. I don't know what his contract is like over in uh, if he can get out of it overseas. Yeah, or he's sort of signed for a while. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions to be um, uh, divulged and 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 outlined. And um, I guess watch the space because nothing's set in stone yet. But this this is obviously what's come out. Yeah. All right. So speculation galore. Speaking of speculation, uh, on the breakdown on Sky the other night, Kirsty Stanway. And Goldie Wilson were talking about Goldie's uh, all-black squad for the World Cup. And this is Kirst reading it and then Goldie explaining why he's gone that way. 
This is who Jeff has selected. Ethan DeGroote, Samasoni Tokiaho and Tyrell Lomax make up his front row. In the second row, Scott Barrett and Tupo Va'i. Luke Jacobson at six, Sam Kane at seven and Hoskin Satutu wearing the number eight jersey. Cortez Ratama at nine, Damian McKenzie gets the nod at ten with no Richie Moonga or Bowden Barrett around. Geordie Barrett, Rico Ioane in the midfield and the back three of Leicester, Whainga Nuku, Mark Talia and Sean Stevenson. Before we let these guys rip into it, we're going to get, let Jeff defend his team himself. There's no Adi Savia in 2024. So on form this year, I'm going Hoskins Satutu. Now here's the big one. There's no Aaron Smith next year. There's no Brad Weber. So who am I going at halfback? Well, I'm looking at Cortez Ratama and thinking to myself, on this year's form, if he continues to play this well, I think he's an all-black in 2024. And then clearly, Sean Stevenson has been the standout performer in this year's Super Rugby competition. So with no Will Jordan on the field at the moment, I'm thinking to myself, he could be an All Black in 2024. You guys are going to debate and discuss. I'm not going to be there to defend myself, but give it a crack and see who you've got for Razor Robertson in 2024. Well, here we go. Sorry, uh, I put you crook. I thought that was his, his uh, World Cup uh, starting team, but no, it's his post-World Cup. It's Razor's team for 2024. Uh, Gordy and I both shaking our heads, looking at each other at, at first, thinking that, but uh, what did you make of that? Um, number eight, Hoskins Tutu. Yeah, I, I'd probably say yes to that. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of loose forwards um, putting their hands up at the moment, uh, but at the, currently, if, we, if we're going to say tomorrow, then Hoskins Tutu. Um, the halfback. Yeah, no. Um, I would have Cam Royguard there. Uh, but then you've also got the likes of um, Finlay Christie. Finlay Christie and. I don't know if, if he's, he's – I think he's staying around. Yeah, yes. Um, I, mean, I don't even know that it's confirmed that Brad Webber's going, is it? No, Brad Webber, uh, Fakatava, yeah. um, these guys. So um, that's a little bit left field for me. Um, and I don't know – what was the other one? There was – was he three? We mentioned Sean Stevenson at fullback. Sean Stevenson at fullback. Um, yeah, listen, uh, last night Zahn Sullivan played fullback for the mm. Blues. Thought he played pretty solid. Um, you know, he's sort of just coming into the scene a bit – um, as well, Josh Morby's again. Hurricanes. I'm going to support him. He's he's pretty solid at the moment. Not doing too much wrong. Um, so yeah, listen, it's it's a, it's a big call so far out for, um, for next year's All Back team. But listen, it's it's there for discussion. Obviously, what Jeff said. So yeah, there's. Um, I think there's plenty of. I mean, everyone could make a different team uh, within their own sort of. Um, thoughts, but um, yeah, good to, good thing to have a discussion around. Yeah, all right. So this is the uh, Buddings Trade Rugby Run at uh, ten away from two. Your thoughts, uh, firstly on Razor's coaching lineup. What do you think of Razor's wish list for all black coaches, according to Liam Napier? Uh, you know, I'll just go through that for you again. Jason Ryan is scrum lineout and breakdown coach. Leon McDonald attack coach. Scott Hansen defence, and Jason Holland is strike plays coach with Razor in the main seat. Uh, what do you think of that? Give us a call 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 or text us double eight double three. Uh, the other thing is who takes those jobs? There's three Super Rugby head coaching jobs up for grabs. Who do you think gets them for the Blues, the Chiefs, 
uh, sorry, the Blues, the Canes and the Crusaders. Who do you think's got those jobs if those jobs all become available? Give us a call 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811 or 8833. 0800 150 811 or 8833. Uh, that is what we're looking for. The uh, other thing is, yeah, that team, that team for 2024 with uh, Razor in charge, um, how do you think it looks? Uh, give us a call 0800 150 811 or 8833. Uh, Gordy, time now, though, for um, our Kubota performance of the round. Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Who was your performer of the round for Super Rugby this week? Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh Individuals that put their hand up, um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the first game, the Moana Pacifica versus the Crusaders. Um, I thought this guy was electric, and he just seemed to love being out in the field. Yes, they they, they were beaten by a, a Crusaders team, but they certainly put up a fight. Um, and I don't even know how to say his name, Tomochi Tavatavanawai. Um, I thought he was is, Yeah, I think you've nailed that. Right? Yeah, um, I just thought he was just electric. Certainly, probably not in the the stature of most rugby players these days. Mm. But he just has his heart's obviously there. Got a massive heart, and just wanted to play rugby and got involved. And you know, I, I could have sort of said alongside of the centre pairing with um, Levi Amua, he was just as good too. But well, the yeah. break that he made to put Levi away for his <laughs> yeah. first try was just outstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, and that, that that sort of sat with me all weekend. I just thought his performance was um, was brilliant, and and uh, what, let's look forward to watching more of him because. Um, he seems to light up a game, which is great, and he's great for the for the uh, the public and and, and ru- super rugby. Yeah, yeah, he goes he goes really well. He's been going really well for uh, Moana Pacifica Kubota for over forty years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. There you go. That is Gordy's uh, performance of the week in Super Rugby. Um, now we've got a few buys again uh, coming up this week, Gordy, um, but. Uh, we are back into action uh, next Friday. It'll only be four games, but this is what those four games uh, look like. So I'll be keen to get your take on how you think these will roll out. Now, the Reds, obviously, we've talked about what they're capable of, uh, but they haven't really done it this year. They're currently sitting eighth. They come to Auckland to take on Moana Pacifica next Friday. Yep. Um... Oh, sorry, actually, no, they're not. You know, this is even better. They're going to Apia. They're playing this in Samoa. Ooh. Okay, yeah. Listen, I think this is a, a brilliant um, opportunity for Moana Pacifica to um, get that uh, first one on the board of the season. Uh, the Reds, yeah. Listen, they've got some real, real work to do. I'm sure Brad Thorne's g- g- sort of got them um, back into, or he'll probably get back into camp tomorrow and and work on uh, what they need to improve on. They they certainly went okay for one half last week, um, but um, they had they certainly have a few injuries to deal with as well. So I think Moana Pacifica, if they play like they did against the Crusaders, at home, or at, at I guess their, their second home, I guess Mount Smart's their first home, but um, their second home, um, if they continue to go play like that, then they've got a real chance of um, turning over the Reds. And they, they probably will target it too. They'll, they'll go hammer and tong because it's a good chance and the Reds are... I guess a little bit in that self-doubt process at the moment. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, that's followed by the Brumbies uh, hosting the Drua in Canberra. Uh, if this was in Fiji, you might give uh, the Drua a chance, but I think in Canberra this is Brumbies all day, isn't it? Yeah, I think the Drua, they're, just, they're outstanding at home. They've turned over some, some good teams already at home, but uh, in Canberra, uh, it's a 
different little climate there too. It might be a little bit chilly in, in Canberra, so uh, may not suit the Fijian boys that much. Chilly in Canberra, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, listen, um, I think the Fiji draw are, are getting better. Uh, they've still got a lot of improvements um, away from home to work on. But, um, listen, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll challenge the Brumbies, but the Brumbies being the Brumbies structured and, the work and just their sort of their driving, their driving wars and stuff against the Fijian team that probably can't defend as well. Um, yeah, they'll they'll probably like thirteen plus at least. Yeah, yeah all right. More. Okay. Uh, then on the Saturday, it is uh, the Canes against the Chiefs in Wellington. Yeah, well, I think you know my what I'm going to call here, but um, this this will be uh, the this will be the Hurricanes' um, hardest test to date. Yeah. They they got rolled over by Auckland. And they didn't help themselves in that game when they had a red card and a and a, and a, and a yellow card. So their discipline will be key. Uh, they need everything to sort of go their way, probably the bounce of the ball. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs come back after the bye. Um, like like one of our callers today, um, I think it's the best chance for the Hurricanes to hit a Chiefs team that's maybe chilled out for a, a week and a bit. And, um, and um, yes, they have the, let their bodies sort of have a rest, but sometimes um, when you come against a, against another top team, that's not the best thing for you. You want to keep rolling along with on, on the... the, the, the the uh, ride you're going on. So, yep, Hurricanes, yeah, Hurricanes by uh, two to three points, but um, really looking forward to the game. Good yeah. test. Yeah, should be uh, should be a tight one. Uh, this text has actually just come through from Ken. Now, Ken texts the show, but he, I don't know what, what he does for a job, Ken, but he's certainly uh, in the know when it comes to the Blues. And he's just said, guys, just got back from Melbourne. Word is Rennie will be at the Blues next season. Ooh. Okay, Dave, Dave Rooney at the Blues. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, the, well, yeah. Well, let's watch this space because that's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting call. But maybe the Blues have already reached out, as opposed. To, I'm not sure about the Hurricanes whether they have reached out yet. Um, so yeah, well, it, Dave Rooney's a good coach, regardless of what happened in Australia and stuff like that. He's a good coach, so. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be good for the Blues, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. This has been the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball and Gordon Simpson with you. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass.